Section 18 of the Underground Railroad, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anjana. The Underground Railroad, Part 1 by William Still. Section 18. George Solomon, Daniel Neal, Benjamin R. Fletcher, and Maria Dorsey. The above representatives of the unrequited laborers of the South fled directly from Washington, D.C. Nothing remarkable was discovered in their stories of slave life. Their narratives will therefore be brief. George Solomon was owned by Daniel Minor of Moss Grove, Virginia. George was about thirty-three years of age, mulatto, intelligent, and of prepossessing appearance. His old master valued George's services very highly, and had often declared to others, as well as to George himself, that without him he should hardly know how to manage. And frequently George was told by the old master that at his death he was not to be a slave any longer, as he would have provision made in his will for his freedom. For a long time this old story was clung to pretty faithfully by George, but his old master hung on too long, consequently George's patience became exhausted. And as he had heard a good deal about Canada, UGRR, and the abolitionists, he concluded that it would do no harm to hint to a reliable friend or two the names of these hard places and bad people, to see what impression would be made on their minds. In short, to see if they were ready to second a motion to get rid of bondage. In thus opening his mind to his friends, he soon found a willing accord in each of their hearts, and they put their heads together to count up the cost and to fix a time for leaving Egypt and the hosts of Pharaoh to do their own hewing of wood and drawing of water. Accordingly, George, Daniel, Benjamin, and Maria, all of one heart and mind, one Saturday night resolved that the next Sunday should find them on the UGRR with their faces towards Canada. Daniel was young, only twenty-three, good-looking and half-white, with a fair share of intelligence. As regards his slave life, he acknowledged that he had not had it very rough as a general thing. Nevertheless, he was fully persuaded that he has as good a right to his freedom as his master had to his, and that it was his duty to contend for it. Benjamin was twenty-seven years of age, small of stature, dark complexion, of a pleasant countenance, and quite smart. He testified that ill-treatment from his master, Henry Martin, who would give him no chance at all, was the cause of his leaving. He left a brother and sister belonging to Martin. Besides, he left two other sisters in bondage, Louisa and Letty, but his mother and father were both dead. Therefore, the land of slave-whips and auction-blocks had no charms for him. He loved his sisters, but he knew if he could not protect himself, much less could he protect them. So he concluded to bid them adieu forever in this world. Turning from the three male companions for the purpose of finding a brief space for Maria, it will be well to state here that females in attempting to escape from a life of bondage undertook three times the risk of failure that males were liable to, not to mention the additional trials and struggles they had to contend with. 
In justice, therefore, to the heroic female who is willing to endure the most extreme suffering and hardship for freedom, double honors were due. Maria, the heroine of the party, was about forty years of age, chestnut color, medium size, and possessed of a good share of common sense. She was owned by George Parker. As was a common thing with slaveholders, Maria had found her owners hard to please, and quite often, without the slightest reason, they would threaten to sell or make a change. These threats only made matters worse, or rather it only served to nerve Maria for the conflict. The party walked almost the entire distance from Washington to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. In the meantime, George Parker, the so-called owner of Daniel and Maria, hurriedly rushed their good names into the Baltimore Sun after the following manner. Four hundred dollars reward. Ran away from my house on Saturday night, August 30. My negro man Daniel, twenty-five years of age, bright yellow mulatto, thick-set and stout made. Also, my negro woman Maria, forty years of age, bright mulatto. The above reward will be paid if delivered in Washington City. George Parker. While this advertisement was in the Baltimore papers, doubtless these noble passengers were enjoying the hospitalities of the Vigilance Committee, and finally a warm reception in Canada, by which they were greatly pleased. Of Benjamin and Daniel, the subjoined letter from Rev. H. Wilson is of importance in the way of throwing light upon their whereabouts in Canada. St. Catherine, C.W., September 15th, 1856. Mr. William Still, Dear Sir, Two young men arrived here on Friday evening last from Washington, viz. Benjamin R. Fletcher and Daniel Neal. Mr. Neal, or Neal, desires to have his box of clothing forwarded on to him. It is at Washington in the care of John Dade, a colored man, who lives at Dr. W. H. Gilman's, who keeps an apothecary store on the corner of Four and a Half and Pennsylvania Avenue. Mr. Dade is a slave, but a free dealer. You will please write to John Dade in the care of Dr. W. H. Gilman on behalf of Daniel Neal, but make use of the name of George Harrison instead of Neal, and Dade will understand it. Please have John Dade direct the box by express to you in Philadelphia. He has the means of paying the charges on it in advance, as far as Philadelphia, and as soon as it comes, you will please forward it to my care at St. Catherine. Say to John Dade that George Harrison sends his love to his sister and Uncle Alan Sims, and all inquiring friends. Mr. Fletcher and Mr. Neal both send their respects to you, and I may add mine. Yours truly, Hiram Wilson. P.S. Mr. Benjamin R. Fletcher wishes to have Mr. Dade call on his brother James, and communicate to him his affectionate regards, and make known to him that he is safe and cheerful and happy. He desires his friends to know, through Dade, that he found Mrs. Stark here, his brother Alfred's wife's sister, that she is well and living in St. Catherine, C.W., 
near Niagara Falls. H. W. End of section 18